Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. I'm David Lally, the producer, and I'm excited to share a new feature of the show with you. Last week, Brian did a Q&A episode with some of Buffini & Company's top clients, and we've had an overwhelming response, with so many of you wanting to ask Brian a question on a future show. Well, we're thrilled to let you know that if you're an insider, you can now leave a question on our website for Brian and let us know if you're interested in being featured on the show and connecting with Brian on air. Just visit thebrianbuffinishow.com slash insider and click Ask Brian to submit your question. Today's episode was recorded at a live event called Mastermind Summit that Brian hosts every year in San Diego. The content you'll hear him cover is part one of Principles from the Greatest Salesman, taken from Og Mandino's book, The Greatest Salesman. Part two of this content will air as a bonus episode this Thursday. Both are rich with such great content. We hope you enjoy. How many of you have read The Greatest Salesman Award? Let me see your hands. Yeah, it's great stuff, isn't it? So we're going to talk about Og's content. And uh, a great man, you know, again, someone who's been through a lot of things. And Og would share his story with people so that he would connect and say, listen, whatever you're going through, just, you know, here's my story. Not something fabricated, not something made up. Here's a man who'd messed up his life, got caught up in alcohol, lost his marriage, lost his job, lost his relationship with his daughter, and was ready to lose his life, okay? And was at the very end of it all. And he would often quote statistics of where people were at in the country at the time. And so he would quote the number of people that were on antidepressants and the number of people who had attempted suicide. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see what the story is. So I said, well, I wonder what the numbers are today. Now, we're wealthier than we've ever been. We have more psychology than we've ever had. We have more self-help than ever. There's tons of television programs with Dr. Phil and whoever else. And we have psychology through the schools. We have all this different stuff. So we should be in a better spot. Would you guys agree? But in the last 30 years, I'm telling you that the numbers have tripled from when Og used to quote them. And I'm going to bring these up not to start you off on antidepressants here this morning. <laughs> but here's the State of the Union. And the reason I want to show you some stats, they're facts. And I want to say that what we're doing isn't working. So let's take a look at where the State of the Union is a little bit. Last year in the U.S. was 47,000 suicides. 1.4 million attempted suicides. That is the same as the population of the city of Philadelphia. There were 72,000 drug overdoses. And there are 40 million people in America on antidepressants, which has tripled in the last 20 years. That's pretty sobering stuff. Would you guys agree? And I know there's not a single person in this room in some way, shape, or form who's not affected by that. Whether something you're going through, have gone through, maybe where you're at yourself today, family members, friends, we've all, everyone in here is touched by this. Are we all on this, yes or no? And I don't want to say, you know, you're taking medication, whatever else. You keep doing that. But I want to share with you, there's some other things that can help you in other ways. There's other things that can help us also be people, because maybe you go, hey, you know, I'm actually doing okay, I don't feel that. That we can be people of resource to serve. You know, we get to serve wherever we are. Many of you get into homes that no pastor or preacher or therapist is ever breaking down the door on. And you get in to talk to some family about making a move at a critical time in their life. Something that's very, very stress-filled, anxiety-filled transaction like making a move. Or whatever, you're here today and you're in a different profession. Wherever you are, okay? You grow wherever you're planted. And the goal is for you to become the best you're capable of being. Fully functioning, on fire, good life, living it out and then be of value and service to a hurting world. We're all pebbles on a pond. You know, it's a privilege to come here. We obviously know there's always thousands of people who are late trying to get into this event and can't get in or whatever else. We're here. I consider it a privilege for me. You know, like I say, I bring my family to this because I want them to get the good stuff. I want them to hear the speakers, okay? But we're all pebbles on a pond. So the goal is to grow, do it for ourselves, and then make a difference. The world needs some help. Would you guys agree? And we don't have to change the world. We just have to influence our world. So if your world is 10 people, 20 people, 100 people, thousands of people, it's all the same. It's all the same. We do our job. And we're going to go and do this. We're going to take a look at this, the greatest salesman in the world. We're going to dive in here, and we're going to explore it in a way you haven't before. 
And the interesting thing about the greatest salesman in the world is that so many people get benefit from it that aren't salesmen. A great Irish golfer by the name of Rory McIlroy, great golfer, struggling with the head game, he said. He won the Players' Championship this year, which is the fifth major, they call it. It's the one the players want to win the most. And he won it. And he said, what helps you? What made the difference? He said, I've been reading a book every day for 30 days called Greatest Sales in the World. Not about golf instruction, not how to read greens, not to do anything of that. Are you guys with me? Because there's principles. Principles don't change. Principles don't change. Okay? Who played Moses in the 50s? Charlton Heston. Remember Charlton? He came down the mountain, hair on fire, two tablets of stone. Don't kill your neighbor. That was a bad idea a long time ago. It's a bad idea now. Would you guys agree? Okay. Depends on which side of the house you're talking about, obviously. Principles don't change. Principles don't change. So Ogmandino writes this book, and it's about Hafid, a little camel boy. Okay. And we can all identify with that because Hafid is the underdog. Hafid is the guy that doesn't have it all. He's a struggling young fella. And he meets Petros, a mentor, who at that time was considered the greatest salesman in the world. And he passed on these 10 scrolls to him. And as he writes these and learns and applies these 10 scrolls, he becomes the greatest salesman in the world. And it's a wonderful tale and it's a wonderful book. And there's a reason why so many people have been influenced by this. And what we're going to do today is you've read that book, but I think it's kind of delightful to open up in something you saw but you didn't see. See something in a fresh new way, in a deeper way, and you all of a sudden, oh my gosh, there's so many layers behind this I never saw before. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you, that will really impact you so that when you go out of here, you're living a good life. Because these principles right here, they will withstand anything. They will withstand anything. They will withstand any change in the culture. They will withstand any change in the market. They will withstand any change in your own circumstances. You can just count on them. They're principles. It's a bedrock. You're building your house on a rock, not on a pile of sand. Are you guys with me? So here's the 10 principles. And we're going to go through these together today. Today I begin a new life. I'll greet this day with love in my heart. I'll persist until I succeed. I'm nature's greatest miracle. I live this day as if it's my last. Today I'll be the master of my emotions. I'll laugh at the world. Today I'll multiply my value a hundredfold. I'll act now and I'll pray for guidance. Now, this particular sheet you see right here, I read these every day, all day, just in passing. So when I get up in the morning and I'm going to brush the teeth and shave, it's on the bathroom mirror. I have a laminated copy of this. It's on the bathroom mirror. If you've ever taken a tour through Buffini and Company and gone to the different buildings, if you've gone over to the podcast building, you'll see right in my office, you'll see it's sitting on my desk. Okay? And I also carry it around on my phone, which the kids think is amazing that I was actually able to figure out how to put that on my phone. Because that's the stuff I have to put in my head every day. You know, I've been very successful. God's been good to me. I live a great life, great family, great work I get to do with great people. But life is not easy. We say it's a good life, but life is not easy. It's challenging. And I don't know about you, but I can be in the greatest state of mind, driving along in the car, and then all of a sudden, the onboard terrorist takes over. You guys ever met that one? Okay. I told a story in a book one time, you know, for 17 years, we flew her all over the world in a brown private jet. And I had a guy working for me who was not from a well-to-do spot. And this was the job of his lifetime. And he just got comfortable. And we're on the jet. And we leave New York. I'd done a big thing out there. And he has filet mignon and all the staff. I always treat the staff great on the plane. And everybody's filet mignon, a little glass of wine. Everything's great. And we stop off in Colorado Springs to refuel. We pull in. And a lot of times the pilots would pick up fruit or little cheese and crackers for the staff or whatever. And so it was late at night. We pull in. We get gas. We get back on the plane. And I kid you not, this guy starts having a fit about the fact that the pilots did not pick up cheese and crackers. What the hell's going on, man? And it hit me. It struck me. Because I'm thinking, I consider it like this is an unbelievable feeling. I was 17 years I owned a jet, and I'm thinking, this is the greatest. This is a trip. I can't believe this. And yet, 47,000 feet, private jet, bitching and moaning because we don't have cheese and crackers. Because that happens at every stage of our life. And everyone in this room has done it, including the clown on stage. Are you guys with me? Where life is good, and we can complain our way 
into not being so good. That's why gratitude is the most important attribute, I believe. Gratitude, great attitude. I think you have to have gratitude. That's why please and thanks was beaten into submission into our children, just beaten into them. You will be thankful and like it. Gratitude is everything because it keeps the complaining away. And by the way, when the complaining's away, guess what doesn't come with it? All the other stuff comes with it. You follow me? But it's there and it surfaces and it surfaces all the time and it comes all the time. And so guess what? We have to have something to go to war with it. So when the little stuff comes into our head, those other voices hit our head, those fears, those anxieties, those things come into our head, what are you going to go to battle with? And you need some things that you can hold on to. So I'm going to share with you some principles that you can say to yourself every day. It might be on one day one principle gets you, and another month another principle gets you. But these are great little tools to have. Are you guys with me? So here's the first principle. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Okay, now now let's say it as if you actually are saying it. Like you're up in the morning, you're getting ready, you're in the mirror, you're doing your deal, and you go, one, two, three. Today I begin a new life. So here's the first point on this. Today is not a date. Today is not a date. So when you read that, it's not about today. Today is a decision. That's what Og's talking about. Today is not a date. Today is a decision. So when he says, today I begin a new life, don't get focused on the day. It's a decision. It's a decision of renewal. It's a decision to make it new again. People ask me and Bev all the time, you're married 29 years, how you do it? Well, here's what we do. We don't spend our time focusing on the list of stuff that hasn't gone right in the last 29 years. Are you guys with me? Because all there is is what? Today, and that's a decision. You had a bad run in your business. What's the word? Today. Okay? You had a bad string with your finances, with your health. There's today and the value of the day. Stephen Covey said this, I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Okay? Truth. Next, little tip on this. Begin a daily renewal. This is how it becomes a new life. A daily renewal. And every day, all we live in is today. We have a past. We can plan for the future. We actually get to live in today. The great Eleanor Roosevelt She had a lot of great quotes. She said, with the new day comes new strength and new thoughts. Here's the next piece of today I begin a new life. A new life is a commitment to positive change. Positive change. You have to believe change is possible. Positive change. Now, change is happening. I don't know about you, but I've been doing this a long time. Life changes. What we're talking about, what are the two words I just gave you? What type of change? The only way you can have positive change is that something you are doing proactively. Change is going to happen. Change is going to happen. Life, by its very nature, has an end date that none of us know. Change is going to happen. We live on a planet that spins. Change is going to happen. The seasons change. Change is guaranteed. The only way you can have positive change in your life is that you have to actually direct it. You have to direct it. You have to be in the game and you have to direct it. You have to cause where you have influence change to happen. Does that make sense? George Bernard Shaw said this, progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Principle number two. Let's read it out together. You're in the mirror. You're taking care of business, and now you've said this out. Here we go. One, two, three. You're looking up. What a great way to start the day. I'll greet this day with love in my heart. We're going to greet the day. When you greet someone, what do you normally say? What's normally the first thing when you say when you get out of bed? <laughs> Zig Ziglar's old line. Couple going to therapy and the wife's complaining about the husband. And then the therapist's trying to take the other side. And he goes, well, let me ask you. Do you ever wake up grumpy? And she goes, no, no, I let him sleep in. We're going to greet the day. What are you going to say when you start your day tomorrow morning? First thing, you're going to wake up. One foot gets out, and I want you to say, hello. Here it goes. You get out. Uh, one foot out. Hello. I want you to send you. Hello. Okay. okay. That's right. Here you go. Legs out. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello. And it's like, hey, baby, here I come. 
We're going to greet the day. When you greet the day, you start the day with anticipation and excitement. Anticipation and excitement. That's what it means. We're going to greet the day. Hello. Let's get it going. Right? Going to greet the day with anticipation and excitement. Anne of Green Gables used to read it to the kids. Looking forward to things is half the pleasure of them. Got to have hope. Positive expectation is what hope is. It's a positive expectation. Okay? When you think about it, how many of us start the day wrong? Like the secret to a happy life is the engine to get you going is not coffee. Drink your coffee, enjoy it, have a great time with it. But coffee and the caffeine, and that's not the way to start yourself. Does that make sense? You need to be started before the coffee hits. Are you with me? Hello! Now this day, the value of every single day is what Og's talking about. It's the value of every single day. This life is but a puff of smoke, said King Solomon. A puff of smoke. Life is for living, boys and girls, men and women. It's really for living. This day, the value of each day, and each day is important. Now, let me give you a couple of pictures on this. Each day is valuable in getting yourself out of a problem, and each day is important when you're on the pig's back, as they say, when things are going good. Each day. Don't get paralyzed by the future, the value of each day. Kevin had a roommate when he first came to the States. So he got his first little place. He brings in this roommate, and your man loses his job, not paying the rent. So Kevin, young Kevin, was not big on confrontation. So he calls in Brother Brian. This is going to be the last nice conversation we have. So I'm talking to this guy. I say, how's it going? Lost your job? Okay, great. You're looking around? Great. Okay, fine. And out of the corner of my eye, I see he's got a bag, plastic bag. And he's been a target, right? So he wasn't at Nordstrom's or Macy's. Where I was. He was a target. And he buys two pairs of jeans for like 40, 50 bucks. This is 25 years ago. I said, dude, I thought you were on hard times. He goes, well, I am. I said, you can't pay the rent. No, I can't. But you just bought some jeans. He goes, yeah, but I'm real short on the rent. You know, so like, what's a pair of jeans? What's the difference that's going to make? Therein lies the entire problem this guy has. Because everything is small. And the details are small. Let's say you're trying to fight with your weight. Well, one more piece of pizza. Let me take the value of each day. Let's say your business isn't where you want to be. Here's the thing. We have seen people radically turn their careers around when they made a decision to write two personal notes a day and make a couple of phone calls in a day when they didn't feel like doing it. When they were up to their eyeballs in debt, which is where we meet a lot of people, and we get them just doing that small thing and saying, listen, forget about the troubles. Focus on today and what can you get done today. Each day has tremendous power in it. And each day is what we're all given as a gift for this life. And there is tremendous value in each day. So listen, don't throw your days away. Don't throw your days away. There's tremendous value in each day. Any problem you're facing, tremendous value in each day. When things are going good, don't just throw a day away. Don't just drift it away. Remember the value of every day. Dr. Seuss, right here in La Jolla, wrote all those great kids' books. He said, sometimes... You'll never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Isn't that true? And I'm going to greet this day with what? Love in my what? So I always ask myself, why did Og feel the need to say that? Well, guess what? Because sometimes there's other things in my heart. Anger, frustration, resentment, so on and so forth. Whatever creeps in, it always creeps in. It never comes in the front door. It comes in the windows and the side door. Are you with me? And it creeps in. And it creeps in. Fear creeps in. That's why I'm very, very careful. I'm careful about the movies I watch. I'm careful about the programs I watch. I'm careful about what I listen to. And I'm certainly careful. I have very few apps on my phone. I have very few places I go for information. I try to go to the most factual, statistical places I can find. And then on occasion to get some perspective. But I'm very, very careful about what I put inside my noodle. Very careful. Why? Because I've seen the effects it's had on me. I've seen it influence my decisions. Are you guys with me? And that's why I'm trying to put this good stuff in instead. I want to greet this day with love in my heart. My favorite verse says, and these things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Number three, 
This is the one that helped this young struggling realtor to build a booming business. Read it out with me. One, two, three. I will. Come on, one more with a little gusto. I'll persist until I succeed. Now, that by its very nature means you have to persist against something. I'm watching it play out in sports. I'm watching it play out in schools. I'm watching it play out. I'm watching failed parenting strategies become the norm. And the number one dynamic that I've seen, and I call them failed parenting strategies, is complete avoidance for at any cost to avoid adversity for our children. We just don't want our kids to face any adversity of any sort in any way, shape, or form. And we're ruining them. Adversity by its very nature. Everyone in this room knows you are who you are today because of the adversities you faced and how you've overcome them. Is that a true statement? Now, life is hard enough. I don't have to create adversity for my kids. And I don't want my kids to go through crap. But I know this. They're going to experience some crap. And what I'm going to do is come alongside them and help them wade through it. Does that make sense? Adversity is a gift. That's why the third principle is I will, what's the word? Persist until I succeed. So what that means is I'm going to face adversity. The second thing it means is it's not going to happen immediately. And third, things are not going to go my way. Things are not going to go my way. You know, the kids are involved in club sports. Anybody here got kids in club sports? It's a trip. Because now you have talented kids. Because it's America, they're for-profit organizations. So now you're paying dough. Families are traveling all over kingdom come. And I see this all the time where kids are just fritzing out. Don't get to play. Fritzing out. Parents, fritzing out. And invariably, it always ends up in some kind of quit, some big drama, some big this, some big that. There was actually, I was at a tournament here a couple of weeks ago, and a fist fight broke out between parents on the same team. And the people involved were women. We hurt when our kids hurt. Is that a true statement? But the key is we're going to come alongside. The greatest gift I can give kids, and anytime I get a chance to speak to kids, I let them know. Adversity's coming your way, and it's the making of you. If you're not making the team, you keep fighting. You keep fighting. You keep, you keep getting better in practice. You keep getting better in practice. You keep getting better in practice. You keep fighting. It doesn't mean you're going to get on the floor. It doesn't. What it means is you're going to become a champion in your character. And that is what wins in the long haul. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. I will persist until I succeed. Next. I will unleash the power of my will. That's what you're going to do. Unleash the power of your will. You ever heard of willpower? This is actually a much deeper concept, which is the concept of your own will. And you're going to unleash the power of your will. Human beings are extraordinarily powerful when pressed into it. When pressed into it. You hear the things over and over again when people were pressed to it. You know, I've heard the stories of the car falling on a baby and the mom picks up the car. You look at the 9-11 responders, those firemen going up those blooming stairs. When pressed to it, human beings... I'm telling you that everyone in this room in their own way has that kind of courage. When pressed to it. You can unleash the power of your will without being in a flight or fight state. You can unleash the power of your will without being terrified. You can unleash the power of your will, immensely powerful, for good and for positive change in your life. You're sitting on a bigger engine than you use. You got big capacity in your engine and you know it. But you're driving the car in second gear. And the revs are high. And once in a while, you'll burn a little bit when the pressure's on or when you feel threatened, but you haven't fired up all the different gears and it's there to be had for positive change that can take you to a place not only of great success, but of great influence. And here's what I know. Every person in this room has that. And here's what I also know. I know this and I can't say this everywhere. I can say this here. Everyone in this room has the right mind for this because you're here. And because you keep coming here. So you have the big engine and the right mind. Let's go. Victor Hugo said, people do not lack strength, they lack will. And we're going to persist. That means to continue on resolutely. Okay? Resolutely. 
We're going to continue on resolutely. And then I want you to circle the most powerful word there is. It's called until. Until. What's that word? What does it mean? I'm going to keep asking Beverly Robinson out until she goes out with me. Now, that might make me a stalker, but it's happening. Okay? I'm going to keep talking to Julie Robinson until she loves me. And right around the time I got the jet, she goes, my boy. (laughs) Napoleon Hill said this, patience, persistence, and perspiration make an unbeatable combination for success. Patience, persistence, perspiration. That's the joy of it. See, the joy of it is that success that can never be taken away from you. We have some friends here from Argentina. Flew in just for the conference, flying back home. They're the heads of Remax of Argentina. And um, they are just the most persistent. They have asked me to come speak at that event, their national event, for I think 11 years. And they just never, ever quit. And it's like, I'm like, I know someday I'm going to Argentina whether I want to or not. Okay? It's just, the word is until. Until. Now, The key is to have that voracious pursuit and then still hold it with an open hand. Did you guys catch what I just said? Because you still got to hold it with an open hand because sometimes as you pursue that which you're pursuing, other things will become clearer, other things will become obvious, and you go, oh, this is only actually one step. There's actually something else here. But it's the pursuit of that and the persistence of that that makes it apparent. Does that make sense? Until. Very powerful word. The last piece of this, and I'm going to cover this tomorrow evening, is no plan B. No plan B. It's a fantastic principle. It's a fantastic technique. And I won't spend any time on it now. We'll dive into it tomorrow. The great Will Smith. I mean, this guy is a powerhouse. And he goes, there's no reason to have a plan B because it distracts from plan A. You're going to hear this five or six times. And I'm going to talk to you about having a plan that has multiple contingencies in it. But the plan is, these are the desires of my heart. This is what I really believe in. This is what I've seen, evidence of my life. This is very obvious, and I'm going to build a complete plan. It'll have multiple contingencies, and then I'm all in. I'm all in. All in. All in. Next. This is the hardest one, I think, of all of these principles. I want us to say it all out together. Here we go. One, two, three. I am. I'm nature's greatest miracle. This is the hardest one for me to receive. But I want to keep saying this to myself until I believe it. You with me? So let's say it together. One, two, three. I am. The great Albert Einstein said this. He says, there are two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle. And the other as though everything is a miracle. So why are you nature's greatest gift? You may not feel like it right now. In your heart of hearts, you might be like, no, no. Nature made a bit of a mistake here. So I'm going to point out to you right now why you are and what you have. First of all, your gifts, your gifts, the gifts you've been given. The great Ben Franklin said, hide not your talents for they, for use were made. Okay. What's the sundial in the shade? So we want to bring them out. What gifts do you have? That's why, how many of you have had the heritage profile? Let me see your hands. It's one of our secret ingredients in coaching. It's one of the reasons why we're able to do so well. Here's how our folks are wired up. Here's where their natural gifts are. And we're going to get this person to do this. That's why we do this personal growth stuff, okay? You guys know we have all the training and techniques and how-tos, and we have that, and then we do those in other formats. But this personal growth piece is as you grow, so grows your business. As you learn, so you earn. So you have your gifts. Next thing you have is your character. Not something talked about anymore, not marketed anymore, doesn't make social media. All we see is characters. My favorite president is Teddy Roosevelt. And I would like to have met that character. But here's what his quote was. And it says, character in the long run is the decisive factor in the life of an individual and of nations alike. Now, what's the two words? What's our world focused on? Short term. That's why there's not a lot of seminars on character right now, is there? Not a lot of infomercials. Three easy payments. Get character for 1995. It's hard to sell. It's hard to pitch, and it develops over time. It develops in the furnace over time. But here's what I want to say to you. I know I'm faced with a bunch of people who for many, many years have been doing the right thing for the right reasons in the right way. 
and even if you had some bumps along the way, in the long run, in the long run, you're a winner. In the long run. That can never be taken from you. So you have your gifts, you have your character, and here's the third thing. You have your value. You have your value. One of the reasons I always love when Beverly has a chance to speak. How many of you have heard Beverly speak at the success tour this year? Yeah? Mama coming out of retirement. One of her great passions is to help people understand their value and the value they represent. Because it's one of the most common things we see as we interact with people and help people all the time is they doubt their own value. Ayn Rand said this, the person who does not value themselves cannot value anything or anyone. You meet an awful lot of people in your life, your world, maybe even in your family who give you a hard time, who disrespect you. Maybe they don't feel, they communicate that you don't represent a lot of value. Now, just so you know, the first place to look at that is empathy. They probably don't feel a lot of value for themselves. Does that make sense? The next thing is once you understand your own value, you're very comfortable in knowing, okay, they're actually not talking about me here. Are you guys with me? Your value, and you have great value. And sometimes we do hide the sundial in the shade. Number five, I will live this day as if it's my last. One, two, three. Now, there's a few wrong ways to approach that. You know, Krispy Kremes and Bushmills for breakfast. The Maserati says it can do 2.30. Let's see. So there's that way to view it. And again, people obviously take that stuff out of context, okay? But to live every day as if it's your last is, again, is this whole dynamic that Og is getting to, is the power and the value of each day. And here's the thing. If you mess up one day, you start the next day, and today I begin a new life. I will persist until I succeed. I'll greet this day. Hello, with love in my heart. Are you with me? Muhammad Ali said this, live every day as if it was your last because someday you're going to be right. (laughs) Here's the next thing Og was really talking about in living this day as if it was your last is the value of time. The value of time. I've said this for years, but one of the principles that Beverly and I have built our life on is the way we spell love is T-I-M-E. And everything in our life gets better with T-I-M-E. When we're busy, 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 T-I-M-E. When we're out of sync with the kids, T-I-M-E. And it's little things. It's little things. You know, one of my favorite things in my whole life is at night we have these spontaneous, like at some point in time everybody kind of gathers around the kitchen. And they're sitting up on a counter and chatting over here. And sometimes it's just we're having the crack, as they say, having a bit of a laugh. And sometimes we have the deeper conversations or one of the kids, hey, this guy brought this up. And what do you think about this? And we have these discussions and yada, yada. And it's just magic. It's just magic. But it's not orchestrated. It's not quality time. It's just T-I-M-E. And in the T-I-M-E, the magic happens. Is this making sense? And you have a lot of this in your life. Time is valuable. Scott Peck, he wrote The Road Less Traveled. He said, until you value yourself, you won't value your time. Until you value your time, you will not do anything with it. I will live this day as if it's my last, is the opportunity to really live. Really live. And circle the word really after you write it in. The opportunity to really live. All in. Go for it. Live your life. Okay? It's short. It's smoke. It changes. It's gone. All we have is this. Engage in your life. Don't get caught up too much in your past. Don't get paralyzed by the future. Okay, we're going to have a plan. We're going to put our finances in place. We're going to have our goals. We're going to do all these things. And then day by day, day by day, we get into it. When Alcoholics Anonymous was developed almost 100 years ago, these two lads got together after going through very tough times themselves and they come up with this 12-step program. And one of the key things there is one day at a time. One day at a time. And you know what? Here's the thing. Say, oh, yeah, that's great. If you're an alcoholic, that's a great thing. Let me tell you, that's great for every one of us. Does that make sense? One day at a time. And then embrace one day at a time and value one day at a time and greet each day with love in your heart and then live it like it's your last and all in. And if you knew it was your last day and you still feel healthy, I'm going to have a good day. Oscar Wilde, great with words. 
To live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people just exist. I don't think there's a person in this room who's here because they just exist or they want to exist. You might feel like it right now. You might have days of it or months of it or seasons of it. But there's no bloody way that anybody came here and sitting in this room today because their goal is to just exist. So let's not do that, all right? Let's get in the game. I live this day as if it's my last means I'm going to major in the majors. I'm going to major in the majors. Now, I have worked hard on this because I have had a great gift at major in the minors on occasion because I do like the details. So I still like the details. I just don't major in the details anymore. Now, this is a gift for any of you. Here's the thing. Details are important. Would you guys agree? Excellence requires details. So I have learned, this is newer for me, where I'm all in to make sure those details are taken care of, but I don't major in them anymore. I'm majoring in the majors, and I want to get the minors done. And if they don't, I'll get 12 hours sleep. Jim Rohn said this, learn how to separate the majors from the minors. A lot of people don't do well simply because they major in minor things. They major in minor things. Minor things. Drama. Minor thing. This drama things. It's just, it's a minor. This is going on in your business. It's a minor. Oh, I, I want to perfect my website or my this or that. It's a minor. Okay? Work on your negotiation skills. Number six. Read it out with me. One, two, three. Today, I will. I will be the master of my emotion. That's just today. Because here's the thing. In the day, your emotions go up and down and in and out. And you might blow it and you get back up. Now, I'm Irish-Italian. Okay? That's like nitro and glycerin in the same bottle. Shaken, not stirred. I'm going to be the master of my emotions, okay? When you're not the master of your emotions, you are their slave. So I know a lot about this. All right, so I'm going to give you a mea culpa story. So you go through the experience, you mess up, hopefully you learn from it. So for many years, seems like a long time ago now, I was a pretty good golfer. So for about 10 years, I was one handicap, played pretty well. We had maybe one or two kids. So I was able to play a bit of golf, practice a little bit. And I used to take the clients out, play golf. So it all worked, right? And then once in a while, I'd play in a tournament. So as more kids start coming, I'm practicing a little less. I'm playing a little less. I still have this low handicap, which creates this expectation. And I'm not playing as well. So I get into this tournament here in San Diego. We qualify for this match play. And I never forget this day. I'm in this match, and I hit this one shot, which if anyone knows golf, I came over the top, and I hit this ball out of bounds. And it was like an electric bolt went through my body because it was like so out of character, this type of swing. And I'm on the next hole, and I do the same shot. It doesn't go out of bounds, but I'm up the back end of a tree. And now I got a problem. Okay, clean up on online, problem. Can I get a sports psychologist and a cheeseburger to the 17th tee, please? We have a problem here. Houston, we have a problem. So I managed to kind of manufacture some things around, and I win the match. Next day, I'm in the quarterfinals of the San Diego Championship. The brothers are coming to support me. There's a lot of people watching. I get up on the driving range. I try. It was like tin cup. I'll try my leg out this way. That way. Put all the money. Try it with a beer in your hand. Try anything. I, everything I tried, I'm getting worse and worse and worse. Scorer goes, tea time here, sir. And I am just like, just, do you guys know, like, something bad's going down. And I got four hours of this, and there's people watching, and the brothers are like, go get him, Bri. And I'm like, <laughs> I got nothing. So I am manufacturing all day. I'm just, all I had now was nothing but just sheer, yeah. I'm just going to fight. I'm just going to whatever it takes. I'm under the tree, and I'm, and I'm hitting it out, and I make a 30-foot putt, and everything is just a seizure. Everything is just, nah! And I'm playing this guy, and he's this big, giant guy. And this guy's just like six foot eight, like big bodybuilder, and he's just pissed at the world because we're like tied, and I haven't hit the ball on a fairway. We haven't walked down the same hole once. Okay, I'm over here, under the bunker, over the mountains, chip in. The match is tied. I'm on the 16th hole, and I have no idea. Power of prayer. I hit this drive. Bang! 300 down the middle. And I, I'm like, what just happened? Power five. Hit a five-wood. Bang! Hit a two-wood. Goes over the back of the green. Into a little bunker. He's in trouble. Easy bunker shot. Birdie. No problem. I get in the bunk, and I'm thinking, so I got this guy. I'm going to put this next to the hole. This guy's going to fall like a cheap suit, because I haven't hit a shot all day. So I dig in. 
and I blade this thing over the green, out of bounds. I just had it. I, just, I never did it before. It's never happened since. I just had it. And I just take the club and I... And it follows the ball. Well, right as that club leaves my hand, right like here, there's a car horn right next to the green. Ah, ah, ah. See, Bev had brought the kitties down to see Daddy. <laughs> Windows are down, and right at the time the club's released, Daddy! Bev, being a smart woman she is, immediately hits the gas, doesn't drum. Lose the hole. By the way, I chip in on the next hole, and I chip in on the next hole to win the match. Okay? And I walked away totally dejected. First of all, my golf game sucked. Second of all, I had taken this guy's soul, and he would have enjoyed the next match, and I was now sentenced to play another match. But now I had to go home. So I walk in the door, kind of sheepish. It's dinner time, everybody's sitting down. And we're there. And Adam might have been five years old at the time. And each one of the kids takes whatever turn it is, whatever night of the week it is, to say grace. So it was Adam's turn. So I'm sitting there. And Adam goes, dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the food. And thank you for our family. And please help Daddy not to lose his temper on the golf course anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the good news. It was a long time before I threw a golf club, okay? Like, as in never. The old thing is, I, I didn't play golf for a while. It sometimes it just gets the best of us. Would you guys agree? And then sometimes, because it gets the best of us, the emotion that comes after that is worse than the emotion that was there. Are you guys with me? So, it happens to us all. It happens to us all. And so the key is, it's one day at a time. Get better at it, get better at it, get better at it, get better at it, get better at it. Once you get into the path and you start working on yourself, it's okay, well, it's not just all those things that are tied up in all of these things. There's reasons why we get kind of our knots in our rope, okay? But as you continue to develop and you continue to grow, those knots bit by bit start to come out. It doesn't mean they won't ever reappear, but they come out. Does that make sense? Leon Brown, this is an American baseball player. This guy has a litany of brilliant quotes. It's an insightful man. He said, you must be the master of your emotions if you want to live in peace. For he who can control himself becomes free. How many of you want to master your emotions a little bit better? How many of you have ever had your moment where you emotionally threw the golf club? Could I see your hands? Yeah. Number seven. Let's read it out loud. One, two, three. Okay, so I want you to learn an intentional laugh. Okay? Something that used to drive you nuts. Think of a political figure of some sort that every time you see their picture makes your skin crawl. There's a lot to choose from. When the picture comes up, it's like... And by the way, watching programs that have already reiterated everything that can be possibly said about this person, our people, our positions, our parties, and we watch it again and again and again. Why? To become unconvinced? And by the way, in the world we live in today, we only watch the shows that agree with our opinion. Is that true? There's no discourse anymore. You go to this channel, you get that. You go to this channel, you get that. You go to this channel, you get that. And you know before you go there, you just want to be reconfirmed in your thoughts. Are you guys with me? And so what happens is, here's what I want you to know. Here's a great principle. Those folks are not thinking about you right then. They're not giving up their day for you. They're not altering their schedule. You're not affecting their state of mind one bit. Not one bit. You have no impact on them. Every two years, four years, or six years, you get to vote, and that's the one time you get to change their opinion. Are you guys hearing me? One day in either two, four, or six years. But we watch this stuff over and over again. And here's what it does. Drains, drains, infuriates, makes us more anxious, makes us more fearful, makes us more angry, makes us make poorer decisions. Are you guys listening to me? And it's coming at us 24 freaking hours a day. So the next time, whatever that image is or whatever that thing comes up, here's what I want you to do. It's a very particular type of laugh. You see it, you turn the channel, you go, ha, 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 ha. Try with me. One, two, three. It comes on. They're coming on all angles. Here we go. Oh, it's on again. What do you get? One, two, three. You're in the airport. CNN. You're having a meal. It comes on. No, you didn't do it. You're afraid of what people think. No, you got to do it loud. One, two, three. 
People are looking at you like, what? And you go, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? This is great. <laughs> Try it. Now, you might get a few references for psychotherapists and things like that. That's okay. We all need a referral. But let me ask you, last night, did we have a good time? Did we laugh at the world? Here's what I want to say to you. Look up here. I want to say this. We have Republicans and Democrats in this room. Agmandino said this, so long as I can laugh, I'll never be poor. As long as I can laugh, I'll never be poor. You know, my kids are constantly just baffled at why the Irish are so beloved all over the world. Like, it's this tiny little country. Like, when we watch the Olympics and all these people parade in, and here's a country, oh, here's Burundi. How many people? 63 million. Never heard of them. No, I'm going down to the Burundi pub on the corner. And, you know, we went through some tough times in Ireland, very tough times. When Joe came with me and Dermot and Kevin and David Lally to Ireland, it kind of opened up your eyes. Joe's mother looks like my mother's twin sister and very similar personality. But you were kind of shocked when you went to Ireland because beautiful and this and that. But when you started learning about the history of famine, which is the lowest form of human existence that you can't provide for yourself, where millions of people die and millions of people emigrate, and 8 million people turn into 3 million people in less than a decade. But in the midst of all that, one of the things that came out of that is the Irish people know how to laugh like no other. Like no other. Like I almost had an injury here the other night because we have some friends in from Ireland. We had dinner here the other night. And it was like, I, seriously, it was like call a medic. And we didn't end dinner. People just went away because it was like enough. We never, no one said goodbye. It was like enough. <laughs> just tapped. I'm out. Can't take it. I'm telling you, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And if you look at the current environment, let me tell you right now. People are uptight and out of sight. Stick a lump of coal up their arse, they'll turn it into a diamond for the love of Mary. And people are taking themselves too seriously, and everything's an outrage. Everything's an offense. Everything is racial. Every, my arse. When we lose our ability to laugh at ourselves and do it in a gracious way, we're gone. We need to put ourselves in a position regularly to laugh. And it can be something simple. My boys, Adam has this great laugh. Adam is this. <laughs> he watches these little videos or some slapstick, some skateboard. Bang, bang, and he's got. <laughs> I go, what's that? Come here, dad. And I go. <laughs> it's just a little dose. I'm going to say this to you. Here's a man that overcame getting ready to blow his brains out to become one of the most influential people in American history. And he's got 10 principles to share with us. And one of them is to laugh. When you hear that stuff, you got to lock in on that. I got to put myself in a position every day where I'm having a few chuckles somewhere. Okay? Now, it doesn't have to be so it's tearing somebody down. Humor doesn't have to do that. It can be done right. So here's a couple of principles. I, I, you're going to write this one down, but you really don't know to. But I just want you to remind you, the world is screwed up. If you come into our home, you will not see the nightly news on. Because I already know the world is screwed up. Now, Beverly really has taught me this. Because I grew up in Ireland where you read the newspapers. By the way, Irish people, just so you know, here's how we start the day. You read the newspaper, you read the back front. On the back page is all the obituaries. So first, you want to see who died. And secondly, you feel great that you made it and they're gone. <laughs> this is how Irish people work. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, beat them. Beat them. Yeah, beat them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> see you. And Beverly was the one. I'm like, Bev, don't you want to see this? Bev, don't you want to see this? And Beverly's just never been into Just not. But she seems to know what she needs to know when she needs to know it. So one time I'm like, honey, what's the deal? She goes, well, look, if Kim Jong, whatever his name is, fires a missile, I'll know about it. <laughs> Probably true. So here's the other great commentator, Groucho Marx. He says, politics is the art of looking for trouble, finding it everywhere, diagnosing it incorrectly, and applying the wrong remedies. Right? That was in 1950. As much things change, as much things... The world takes itself too seriously, boys and girls. Too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. 
Now, here's the great gift in being Irish. I don't take myself too seriously. I don't take anyone else that seriously either. And it's okay. It's one of the reasons why so many famous people have a home in Ireland. You name uh, actors, musicians, tons of them have homes in Ireland. You know why? Because they're left alone. So here's an American seeing a famous person. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm a real estate trainer. Sometimes people come up to me and they just throw up all over themselves. They come up and they go, I know, I know. Just don't take yourself too seriously. Then you won't have to take anyone else too seriously either. I'm not talking about devaluing them. Are you guys with me? Hold it out with an open hand. Try smiling. Let me practice. Come on, here we go. Okay, see the goofy thing? Let me hear the laugh. Cured. Albert Hubbard said this, don't take life too seriously. You will never get out of it alive. I will laugh at the world. The world repeats its mistakes. Has, will, always. The world repeats its mistakes. Winston Churchill said this, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. My son Alex is studying history in school. And his buddies are like, well, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do, Alex? What are you going to do with history? What are you going to do with history? And Alex and I talk about it all the time, right? Alex is like, no. I said, Al, I want you to learn about people, and I want you to learn about history, and you'll be equipped for anything you want to do in this world. You follow me? Because history repeats itself. So study, study, know. And then it also gives you perspective, and then you don't have to get too worked up about it. Number eight. Today, I will... Today, I'll multiply my value a hundredfold. Now, say this like, just, I want you to do this. I want you to think of your bank account and your net worth or your not worth. And now I want you to say this. One, two, three. Today, I will. So when our average client comes to us making 35 grand a year and our 22,000 members are making 358,000 a year, we're well on our way. Would you guys agree? And these types of extraordinary things, these are everyday occurrences when people are chipping away, 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 doing the right thing. So here's how. But as long as with the chip away, you also can have breakthroughs. You know, we don't just have, okay, I went from 35 to 40. Sometimes that happens. We also have people who go from 40 to 200. There are breakthroughs possible. So here's how we do it. First, think big. Think big. You got these gifts. You got this will. You got this character. You got this strength. You got these abilities. Think big. I love the old classic, The Magic of Thinking Big. I love this book more now than I did when I first read it because when David Schwartz wrote this book in the 1950s, he's talking about, hey, one day they're going to put a man on the moon. One day they're going to build a tunnel from England to France. One day they're going to do these things. That When he wrote this book, he was considered a madman. He wasn't like, he's not prophesying the future. What he was doing was saying, it's about thinking big and thinking big and thinking big. What's the opposite of thinking big? Great. Do you need to practice that? Let me ask you this. Do you need to read a book to think small? Do you need to read a book to lose friends? Right? No. So think big. Here's the second one. Learn big. Learn big. Your ability to earn is in direct proportion to your ability to learn. Now you got to learn the right things. So you'll learn big. This will be my second favorite quote I'm going to share with you in the whole event. It's from Leonardo da Vinci. He said, learning never exhausts the mind. It never exhausts the mind. Stress exhausts the mind. Fear exhausts the mind. Worry exhausts the mind. Anger, envy, bitterness, they all exhaust the mind. But learning never exhausts the mind. So we want to think big. We want to learn big. And then we want to do this. We want to work big. We want to work big. Where's all the folks that are 30 years of age, less in the room? I want you to stand up right now for me. Here we go. I want you, anyone who's under 30, stand up. Let's go. Here we go. Oh, look at this. Wow. Wow. There's hope for America. There's hope for America. Stay standing for a second. I want to give you a gift right now. Here's the deal. Your peers... Don't think that working hard is an ingredient for success. They think that if somebody's working hard, they somehow don't have the right tech or they don't have the right technique. If you will commit to being a hard worker, your success 
is guaranteed. It's done. It's over. It's not a level playing field. It's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. You're starting out. You got it. You got it. Now, you got to do a few of the right things, and you got to grow, and you got to do the right things in the right way. But if you'll commit to working hard, you need to know that never in history has an opposition been against you that's so weak. You will win, and you will win big, and then you influence them, and then after you make a bunch of money and they're struggling, they come to your seminar and you teach them, okay? Have a seat. Away you go. <laughs> Fires me up. Oh, there's hope. There's always hope. Here it is. This is not just for the 30 and under. This is for everybody. The great Thomas Edison, the greatest inventor in American history. Over 900 U.S. patents. 900. Most people have, who are really successful have one invention. He had 900. He said opportunities missed by most because it's dressed in overalls and looks a lot like work. Number nine. I will. Let's say it together. One, two, three. I will. I will act now. It's written 18 times in the book. I will act now. Joe Nego doesn't use the word now. Every time we talk, he says this phrase. So I've got to give my man credit where it comes from. Joe says, now means no other way. No other way. It's now or it's what? So do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. I've got to get up and work out. And I don't feel like it. Do it now. God, those notes are there. You see them? Do it now. Do it before you think about it. Do it before you engage that massive ability to persuade yourself why you don't have three and a half minutes to write two personal notes in a given day. So what you do is you do it now before your mind has a chance to catch up to it, and then it's over with. Do it now. No other way. Wallace Wattle said this, act now. There is never any time but now, and there will never be any time but now. Now is the key to the greatest salesman in the world. Seize the day. Information without application is merely entertainment. I was working out the other day. I work out in this really kind of odd gym. I'm surrounded by fellas that are doing MMA fighting. And this guy walks up to me, and he was a world champion. He goes, let me ask you, these seminars you do, don't you think it's just people just, you know, they go just to feel good? I go, well, you know, that's actually part of it. Absolutely. But I go, I will say, the folks I have, they go so they can feel good, so they can do good, and then come back and do good some more. And when I start explaining to them, so on and so forth, you know, by 10 minutes later, he's signed up, he's sitting in the back of the room, he got a cheap seat, so it's all right. <laughs> the thing is, you want to do those things you need to do, and you want to do them now. And you want to take action. We don't want to just be entertained, we want action. Does that make sense? Because that's what you came for. And so that's why when we leave here tomorrow evening, you're going to have a list of things that you intend to do. Mahatma Gandhi said, all good thoughts and ideas mean nothing without action. This is just universal across the board. The next piece is a very famous phrase. It's called seize the day. Seize the day. There's a Latin phrase for seize the day. Can anybody tell me what it is? Carpe diem. Say it with me. One, two, three. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Number 10, and I'll pray for guidance. Say it with me. One, two, three. I will. Okay, in a world that we live in today, this is very uncomfortable. This is a business seminar. Da, 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 I'm talking about prayer. In the world that we live in today, that everything has gotten so politicized, people have missed out on so many great things. We miss out on laughter. We associate, okay, the challenges with certain religion or applications of religion or people who represent religion a certain way, and we miss out on the goodness that's actually there. Ogmandino had 10 things to talk about. In every book, he talks about this. For me personally, you remember that long list I gave you at the beginning of the depression and the suicide and the challenges and the anxiety and all that stuff? For me, I will tell you, of all the 10 principles, this is my number one antidote. This is where Bev and I start the day. She actually starts earlier than me because she has to pray for me first. (laughs) And then we start the day together. And whatever we are or whatever we're doing, if I'm in the car or whatever else, this is how we start the day. Because this is one of the ways that I have found to tap into something that is not only divine, but so empowering and the ultimate life changer. In his book, Agmandino said this, I'll not ask for gold or garments or opportunities equal to my desire. Instead, guide me so that I may acquire ability equal to my opportunities. 
He's like, God help me to have the ability to match up to these opportunities. So I'm going to give you a couple things. For some of you, maybe you haven't prayed in a long time. Okay? For some of you, maybe you're great and you're regular. I'm going to give you a couple of tips and a couple of thoughts. Because if you access this, Kathy bar the door. Rocket fuel in your tank. First, pray for wisdom. We're a society drowning in information, starving for wisdom. We're looking for wisdom. Great quote, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. I love this, without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. There's a lot of fault finding in today's world. Is that true? There's a lot of fault finding in today's applications of religion. When Ogmandino was at the end of himself and ready to off himself, he remembered the words of his mom. God loves you no matter who you are, what you've done. And you're going to be a great writer one day. So pray for wisdom. Second, pray for strength. Now, I'm okay stepping on toes. I know there's people in this room who've had religious wounds and beaten up and people have let them down. I'm okay with that. But I love you enough to give you some good stuff to at least challenge you to think through these things. This is my favorite quote of this whole seminar. I'm going to give it to you. It's from Bruce Lee. He says, do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. See, there's a lot of modern hoaxterism that says, you know, everything's rosy. Everything's great. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. You have a bunch of people in your life who thinks that's what you're hearing for two and a half days here. They're like, no, he beats the crap out of us, honestly. Everything is awesome. Is everything awesome? I don't know how it all works. There's tragedy. There's loss. There's death, divorce, separations. There's physical ailments. There's bad diagnosis. There's people shooting people in the streets and in Walmart, for goodness sakes. It's tough. But what we want to do is have the strength and the ability to absolutely thrive in this environment. That we know there's challenging things. We know we have challenging things in here and in here, right around us, in the world we live in. It's challenging. What we want to be is ready for the challenge and be able to take it and take the hits and keep on ticking and have the minor stuff just roll off us like water off a duck's back. And the big things, here's the thing. I have a young lady in my office whose mom is in the last couple of days of her life. And she's in a hospice. And I said, here's what I want you to know. It's important for you to grieve. It's a natural part of this whole thing. You're going to be driving along on the road. You're going to be fine. And then it's going to hit you. Pull off the side of the road. Have your good cry. I said, I know you've got to come to work here. But some days you just need to call in and say, I can't do it today. And you need to grieve. It's the healthiest part of the whole thing. It's not something to suck down. It's not something to stifle down. It's something to embrace. Life is challenging. It has an end date. None of us know the deal. But here's the deal. This is the stuff that helps me get through. And for time immemorial, this is what's helped other people get through it. And I know for many of you, this is what's helped you. So pray for wisdom, pray for strength, and then pray for peace. Peace. Peace of mind, peace of heart. Here's what's wild. The scientists and the medical profession have now decided we're going to start studying this. And I can quote, I have over a dozen different studies I'm going to show you from biotech companies to also this one is the International Journal of Psychiatry in Medicine. So you can't get more technical than this. So it's the International Journal of Psychiatry in Medicine. Are you guys with me? And they did this extensive study specifically directed to the effects of prayer for people who are suffering from depression, anxiety. And here's what they found. That people who did this for one hour a week showed significant improvement. They had less depression, less anxiety, and they had more optimism in their follow-up evaluations. Okay? 13 months later. But was it 13 days? Was it 13 hours? Was it 13 minutes? I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to worship God. I'm not telling you any of this stuff. What I'm giving you is I'm giving you the stuff that I've learned. I'm telling you the stuff that I've learned, and I'm putting it out there for you for your perusal. Are you guys with me? And there's a lot of evidence to say it. Here's the 10 ancient scrolls of success. Let's take a look at them today. See, in those 10 scrolls, three of them say what word? What's the word? What's the word? What's the Latin phrase for season the day? I want you guys rocking and rolling out of here tomorrow evening with a business plan, a set of goals, renewed vitality, renewed energy, renewed excitement, and no plan B. You'll have a plan A of where you're going to go and you're going to seize the day. Seize the day, a powerful reminder to live each day to the fullest. I hope you enjoyed part one of this content, examining the 10 ancient scrolls for success. Our team has put together a great PDF of all the 10 scrolls for you. 
you can download it on the show notes page from this episode. Be sure to tune in on Thursday for a bonus episode and hear part two. And if you want to join us next year for Mastermind Summit and see Brian in person, visit buffiniandcompany.com slash mm to reserve your seat before they fill up. As I sign off today, I'll leave you with a little Irish blessing from Brian's mum, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. <laughs>